to truly believe in the magic. Hey Magic fans and welcome to this episode of Penny Fee Thoughts, the podcast of the Orlando Magic UK. Today we're going to be joined by our good friend and Senior Director of Communications for the Orlando Magic, George Gallant, to talk about Media Day amongst other things. Uh, we're going to talk about Media Day as well, training camp that we've seen so far and a little bit of uh, national media attention, be it good or bad. Um, so it's got a few bits to talk about. As always, I'm, in- I'm going to introduce my Magic Amigos. Gary, how's things my friend? Living the dream, mate. How are you? You looking well? Uh, feeling good, mate. Feeling good. It's been a productive week. So, and it's good to be back. Um, Gary, thank you for jumping on and taking the strain last week. I had to uh, dive out for those that aren't aware for a family emergency, uh, something I just had to be involved uh, helping out with. So I was supposed to host last week. Gary dived in and uh, carried the carried the ship. So thanks a lot, mate. Very much appreciated. To be honest... People's- Set, People's set champion, mic, mate. Set a mic up with me in court, as you might be on a while. <laughs> but yeah, it was. I, I was absolutely gutted to miss that because I, I really wanted to sit down and talk basketball with with uh, Mr. Cortez there because he's he, he was great company when we uh, when I met him at the Rockets game. I think it was last yeah. season. So yeah, but thank you. I do appreciate it, mate. Fine. Do no appreciate worries. it. And from Welsh Wales, Garrett Jones. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, thank you, mate. Good to be back. I uh, obviously missed last week as well. I was away with the fam, so uh, yeah, it was gutted, like you said, to to miss uh, Mr. Cortez Paul, who was uh, it was a great listen. Oh, I could have listened to you guys talk for hours, just like just being in a pub, just listening to your mates talk basketball. Absolute brilliant. Living the dream. No. It's what we enjoy doing, isn't it? It's what we're doing. We're, we're gonna have to have him back on soon because uh, yeah. Really enjoyed yeah. that content, Gary. We, well did, done, we didn't drink beer, but you could imagine what the uh, the chat was like when you added beer when I was in Orlando. Mate, I, I, I was say I was supposed to be hosting last week, and I had wrote the intro saying that uh, with the guest put in uh, Cortez was the man who had led you astray on more than one occasion. <laughs> <laughs> might have led me astray. I could. I might have led him astray. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. As you'll notice, Mike is missing. Unfortunately, he's uh, otherwise engaged, can't be with us this week. I'm going to do the Patreon shout-out, first of all. We have launched our own Orlando Magic UK Patreon page. It's a subscription service which will help what we do um, at orlandomagicuk.com. We are not looking to make any money from this. Uh, What we're doing is hoping to improve content, being able to give exclusive perks and follower giveaways. Uh, there are three tiers, the O'Neill at £2 a month, Anderson £5 a month, and McGrady at £10 a month. Uh, and it's a Patreon shout-out to Angus Craig, Dylan Holden, Drum, Drum, Drummy, Drum, Drum. Hope I've got your name there right. Paolo and Franz Warmth, Gary Clark, Sean Moore, Ollie Law, Liam Rathbone and Alan Kane. Such amazing support from you guys. We do genuinely, genuinely appreciate your thank you. Uh, the prize giveaway uh, has changed, as you've probably seen. Um, it was drawn by you, Mr G, wasn't it? The uh, NBA League Pass subscription. Uh, I think it was Ollie, wasn't it? That won it, Ollie Law? Ollie won it this, yeah, this, uh, this month. So we have a new prize giveaway. Um, we're going big again. Our partners at Fanatics are giving us a classic jersey, the new classic jersey as part of a prize for this month's Patreon giveaway. So if you subscribe before 
the 30th of October and up to the 30th of October, you will be in the draw if you are subscribing on either the Anderson or McGrady tiers. And the draw will be made by, yet again, Mr Jones on the 31st of October. So it could be a cracking Halloween prize for you. So if you aren't already subscribed, thank you um, if you are. But if you're not, hey, feel free if you fancy having a go at this prize draw. We uh, we don't mind. We don't mind. So that's, that's on to the next section. And we're going to be joined by the one and only George Gallant. Okay, Magic fans, we are joined now by a man few Magic fans do not recognise. The Senior Director of Communications of the Orlando Magic and the better-looking half of the Dante and Galante show. <laughs> George Allen, how are you doing, mate? I need you guys to just intro me every time I, I go to talk to somebody. <laughs> That'd be great. Yes, that's good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Really good, really good. It's good Thank to catch you for up coming on and joining us, mate. It's been far too long since we've caught up with you. Of course, of course, no. Always, a t- always a pleasure talking to you guys. Now, I we we all fully appreciate that this is a a busy moment for you. Um, so we're going to crack straight on um, into your twenty fourth season with the Magic, and I guess that it's had an eventful start. What with uh, the interest through our draft night options, thirty fifth anniversary, uh, and then throw in media day that we've just had. Now we're mm-hmm. into training camp and. You guys are absolutely cranking out the content. So I first want to talk about Media Day. And it looked like everyone was having a blast. How was it for you, George? Was it was that true for you or was it just an absolute headache? Was I having a blast? No, I was not. <laughs> no, I, ne- I never have a blast at Media Day. Media Day is... Uh... Uh, it's a lot of work. Um, it's it, we we joke around that that's our Super Bowl and it's all downhill from from Media Day. But uh, no, this year was it was great. Like we we had a uh, the gym was full. I think uh, Joel Glass, our chief communications officer, and I and and the rest of our staff were 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 looking around and just kind of telling each other like, well, there's more people here than last year, right? Like, is it? It's not just me that 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 feels like there was a little more. Uh, buzz in the bit. There's always a buzz in the building on media day, no matter what, uh, Paul, but like this year definitely had a little bit, a little bit more juice to it. I don't, I don't know if that's just comes with slightly higher expectations and I'm sure we'll get into to those uh, expectations before we get off the call here, but I, I, it definitely was a buzz. Uh, we got a lot of stuff done. Uh, our guys do a great job in, uh, and managing everyone's time because they get pulled in in literally 45 50 different directions that day it's it's organized chaos a little bit but uh i'm always glad when media day is uh over like somebody asked me at around 10 o'clock like you know like what am i looking forward to and my answer was 5 30 when i could that beer <laughs> <laughs> like that was what i that, like that's what i was looking forward to that day but it, it was very successful the guys were really engaged and uh it's always good to kick off uh, another season of Magic Basketball. I mean, I, I kind of know what's involved for the players with you saying this, uh, people that, that, that dragged from here to there, because yeah. uh, one of my extremely good friends, Sabrina Riggs, uh, mm-hmm. she was looking after Mo Wagner this year. I think she's done that for yeah. the last three years. She has. But, yeah, but for those that aren't aware, 
What's involved for the players? Sure, sure. Yeah. Like, so we, uh, it's basically the time for uh, our internal people, as well as uh, we have a, we have stations all set up around the building, right? With different camera crews, different uh, outlets. We have uh, the NBA comes to, I actually had two, two booths this year for the NBA because one was specifically designated um, as an international, uh, getting international content because we are going to Mexico City in early November. Um, and that's very big for and important for the NBA. So uh, the NBA had two, two stations to take care of. Um, our own internal people have various stations to take care of in regards to getting content that you see on the jumbotron that you see on television uh those those big intros that you know like when you see them on the on the on the magic vision or even on tv where it's the lights and the sounds and um you know we're doing all that sort of thing and then you have all of our local medias here all the television stations you know and so it's 10 or 15 minutes at each different spot. Um, and there is about, and it's, it's not a lie. Like when you break down, we, we have the court is our main, I mean, that's what you see on media day. If you've ever seen pictures and, and whatever, uh, there's probably a good 15 to 20 different places where those guys have to get brought to out just out on the court alone. And then there's probably another 10 or 12 individual rooms that you don't see that these guys are getting walked to when they're sitting down and they're spending 10 minutes with Bally Sports Florida and 10 minutes with our marketing department and 15 minutes with the NBA. And, and those minutes add up to the point where, you know, we started 11 and I think the last guy, we actually set a record this year. I think our last guy got out at about 4.15. So it was a good five plus hours of gathering content for everybody. Um, and you just, from our department standpoint, you just want to make sure that everybody is getting what they need as much as you can. It's just, it's not possible for Paolo Bancaro to do 152 different one-on-one -on -one interviews. It's just not possible. So, um, but we do want to make sure that everybody that's there is getting taken care of the best they can. Um, and at the same time, taking care of the players too, because I, you got to keep them moving along to where they stay engaged the whole day as much as you can, um, and not completely wearing them out to where they hate you on October 3rd, um, because I, <laughs> because I need them to do a lot more stuff than just media day. Uh, but it's a, it's a big day for our department. It's a, a lot of stuff gets done. We work really closely with our marketing folks and our social media folks, um, to try to get them. And of course, Valley Sports Floor is our main, you know, our, our broad broadcast partner. Uh, so we try to make sure that everybody's happy and uh, comes away from the day not feeling completely <laughs> miserable at each other. So it was, a, it was a success. It looked good. It looked good, mate. Gee, far away, mate. Yeah, that was, that was brilliant, George. Uh, thank you for that insight. You know, um, obviously we knew a lot of it. Uh, but take us back to, to draft night this year. That's another very busy night for yourself, especially with two lottery picks. Um you know, you do the press releases, etc. You got to get all them ready and out straight mm -hmm. away. But so, how was that night for you? Other than stressful, probably. Um, and just tell us a little about a little bit about uh, you know Anthony and Jet, and have you been impressed with them since you you know met them and they've been brought in? Yeah, those guys are are, are great. I mean, first class individuals to start with. Um, you know, just just having those guys around. The the draft picks always bring a, a new energy. Uh, just it you know different blood that comes into the, to the, to the building. And so those guys have been great so far. Um, they're working really hard. The, the good thing I think this year in regards to our rookies is 
you know, in the past, uh, I don't want to say, you know, maybe in the past, like five, six years, you know, a guy, a first round pick will just automatically come in and they're going to just get a ton of minutes because that's the way our roster is constructed. Um, I, I don't see that being the case this year for our two lottery picks. Um, they're going to have to really work hard to get their minutes and to find their way onto the floor. Um, and they're doing that now. They're they're, they're Those guys are fitting in nicely. They're, they're doing their thing. Uh, it's going to be a competition every day. And I think coach Mosley said that a couple of times here during, you know, I don't know how, Oh, well, I know you guys are, you know, knee deep into the content and seeing what guys say and what coaches saying after every practice. But um, it, it's really a nice folk. It's a nice change because that means that, you know, if those guys aren't handed minutes. That means that we're definitely we're definitely headed in the right direction. Um, these guys are going to have to work extremely hard to, to break into the rotation. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how minutes shape up. Uh, when the preseason starts and then when that rolls into the 25th, when we're ready to really kick this thing off for real against uh, Houston. Yeah. You had some um, good conversation on the pod squad this week, which uh, thoroughly enjoyed. And, you know, it was good to know that you got, so you were the listener. Gee, you were the listener. I was the... <laughs> okay. uh, there was more than right. me. There was a lot more than me. There, that was maybe the three of you guys. And then maybe I'll just say the <laughs> listeners, the three listeners over in, in, in England and that's it. And my mother. <laughs> <laughs> if she can if she can get the ipad working yeah <laughs> oh man george obviously we're a million miles away in the uk here we're not on the ground in orlando but for particularly for people who aren't in orlando can you sum up what the fan mood is in the city at the minute it is uh it's it's you can feel it uh, you can definitely feel the excitement uh like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to compare years, but there's definitely been years over the last like five or six where, uh, you don't, you don't really, you know, fans are not as engaged as they are this year. I, I can definitely sense the excitement around town, uh, just that magic basketball is coming back. There's definitely an excitement. I think they look at this group and I don't know if it's, just the way we finished last season, you know, the way, the way, you know, obviously we got off to such a bad start. Um, and a lot of that, you know, you hate to blame everything on injuries, but that, that had a lot to do with where, where we were last year. I'd like to think that the, the truer reflection of what we are, um, was the last 55, 60 games. I'd like to think that that is something that, that we can hopefully carry over into, into this season. Now, just it, unfortunately, like it's not, it's not all, it's not all an incline, right? Like, I think I might've said this on the pod squad. Cause I do, I have to remind a lot of people, even there's, there's a lot of staff members that have never gone through season, you know, new to the staff, new to the league, new to whatever. And it's just like, well, just because we won, you know, we improved 12 games last year. That doesn't mean now we're going to go, you know, as much as we'd like to, it doesn't mean now we're guaranteed to go 46 and 36 yeah. this year. I mean, if we go 46 and 36 this year, Jamal should be coach of the decade. I mean, this, you know, there's just not a steady incline like that. It's not guaranteed, right? So every year is different. Every, every circumstance uh, is different when the calendar turns to game one. Um, but all that being said, I do think the continuity that this group now has had and we'll be carrying into what is basically, you know, Paolo's second season, Franz's third season with the group and the core that have all kind of stayed together. Um, I do think that that bodes well 
um, especially early on, because we're going to need it early on here because our schedule to start is brutal. Um, to go out west right away is a is a swift kick in the groin. Um, but I do think that having the continuity that these guys already know each other, um, they've played with each other. Um, hopefully that that can carry through uh, to to get us off to a good start for for the season. But the fans are really excited. Like there there definitely is a uh, a buzz around town, and I think we're. Th- th- the community's hungry for the playoffs. I mean, they're hungry to to be back to where we were. Um, and frankly, so am I. So I'm very excited to see what this group can do. Uh, so I think there's a lot of curiosity. There's a, definitely a, lot, a level of curiosity that hasn't been there in the last few years heading into 23-24 uh, here. Yeah, We're excited. Does, absolutely. It doesn't, and it doesn't feel like um, losing is an option for this team this year. Um, and can I just say, if we do go 46 and 36, I've got some saving to do because we'll be back over for the uh, playoffs. <laughs> well, 46 and 36 means 46 and 36 means listen, like we we you could be talking like second round, third round. That, that's 46 win team is a is a pretty good team. Now I don't know where I don't know where we're gonna fall. There's a lot of factors you have to take into consideration uh, when you're when you're just looking at well, will the Magic make the well, we're gonna make the playoffs this year. There's a lot of good teams in the East. The East is really deep. Uh, you know, I, I think we, I think we know who those. You know, we know Boston's going to be there. We know Milwaukee's going to be there. We know Philadelphia is going to be there. You know, th- those type of teams. So it's always looking at the looking at the landscape of the East and saying like, okay, where do we fit? You know, like who 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 are we competing with? And I do think when you look at it, you know, from above, you know, there's no reason to think that we can't compete with that you know, the lower tier teams that made the playoffs, you know, like who's to say Atlanta stays the same. Who's to say that, you know, uh, you know, we're going to be fighting with Indiana possibly for those last few spots. Who knows where New York's going to, you know, there, there's, I mean, I do think New York's going to be really good, but you do, you have to look at the East as a whole and then kind of compare yourself to where you realistically think you can be. And I just think the East is so deep. Like the East has a good six teams probably that you can look at and just like that go like something catastrophic has to happen for those teams to not make the playoffs. Right. There's 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 six teams you can think of off the top of your head, the Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, you know, Cleveland. I would even throw the Knicks in there. You know, something really bad has to happen to those to those teams for them to not make it. Um so you're you're looking realistically at where we could fall. And so I do think we, you know, if we continue to improve and we continue to play the way, you know, we finished at the end of last season, if we can carry some of that into this year, you know, I, I think that the bottom bottom half is definitely possible for sure. Absolutely. You've already touched on this um in earlier answers, but with the 35th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Squad is getting recognition on a wider stage. I mean, this week we've seen Ramona Shelburne say that uh, she she's got us going into the playoffs. Um, Paolo's rookies numbers, a healthy Markel, a healthy JI, the success over the summer of Franz and Mo Wagner at the World Cup. It, it just feels that there's this storm of media attention coming on the team. And are you finding that in your professional life that there's a growth in interest in the in what's happening in Orlando yeah for sure I actually I just pulled Paolo aside today after practice and I told you know we have a couple of things that are you know coming down the pipe for him that I wanted him to make sure you know that he knew about 
coming up. And so, yeah, it's that the interest level is there. Um, I would, <laughs> I would like for us to have, and this doesn't necessarily, well, no, it would impact you guys. I mean, I would like us to be on our national television a little more than we are. Um, yeah. That's obviously determined by much higher, higher powers uh, than than me and, and and us here in the in the communications department. I would like us to. I, I think having more than one national TV game uh, would help get even more recognition. And listen, like that's we, we have to earn that, right? Like we just because just because we won, you know, had a nice solid start end to the year, like we still finished 12th or 13th, wherever we were right in the East. So we have to earn that right to get back on the national TV, but there's definitely, you know, Paolo's going to do a couple things here um, that you guys will see as the season goes on um, through the NBA. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything for, for their, for them when they make their announcements, but you can expect some, some, some Paolo Bencaro content to be seen uh, on a much bigger scale than, than just what we can do here at the magic. Um, and I think that will be good for the team. Um, but yeah, so those opportunities are definitely coming. Um, and, and that comes with them getting on, I think Franz and Mo, what they did over the summer with world cup, I think that helped also, uh, generate a little bit more interest. Like, Oh, who's this, who's this Franz Wagner guy? Like, well, yeah, well, we've been telling you about Franz Wagner for two years, but nobody wants to hear it. But now you got to see it on another, on another scale over this summer. And then they realize, well, yeah, hell that guy plays for Orlando. Maybe we should pay attention to Orlando. Well, yeah, that's what we, we you know, we can, we can only do so, <laughs> so much to try to generate some excitement here. Um, but it's the guy's play on the court that definitely opens up eyes. So Paolo winning rookie of the year is huge. Uh, Franz Wagner doing what he did over the summer with Germany is huge. So I think, uh, I think you'll be seeing a little more, well, hopefully you'll be seeing a little more attention on us uh, as the season goes on. Quality. Yep. So the final ball's been uh, shot for the season, George. And if I was to give you a crystal ball, um, yeah, what's the headlines for the Orlando Magic in the crystal ball? Oh, geez, that's a tough one. My crystal, my my dream. You're asking me my dream, or you're asking yeah, me what not? I think? What you think? My, well, my shoot, my dream is always I'm sitting there and I'm courtside and I'm and I'm watching, and it's Game Seven of the finals and. Oh my gosh, here comes somebody from the magic pulling up and hitting a jumper and buzzer and we win. And then I get to just drink champagne right out of the locker room. Like, that's what I would like to happen. Um, you got a ring, <laughs> that, right? That, yeah. I've waited a long time. I've waited a long time. <laughs> I've had my finger sized a couple times and that was very exciting. And then now I think this year, if they ask, if they were this year, if any, if that ever happens to me in the future, if I'm blessed to be on uh, associated with a team that, once to size me, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them to wait till after it's all over because I think feel like that's a jinx. The two times that I've done, the two times that I've been sized, <laughs> I'm like, what are you sizing me for? We haven't even won anything yet. But um, no, I think you know that's a, for this season. If I had a crystal ball, I would like to just I would like to just keep see us. It's it's a generic and stale answer, but you're gonna get it anyway. I would like us to just keep seeing improvement. I, I like the way the direction of the team is going. Um, where that is going to be, I don't know. There's a lot of things that can happen between October and April. Um, I hope we're playing, you know, we, we had a, a, we have a big staff, uh, get together every, before every season starts called magic university and Alex Martin's our CEO. He led the whole thing off by saying like, who, you know, who's ready for some magic basketball. And everybody goes, yeah, you know, and then you're just like, 
you know, who's ready to work in May. And that's what it's all about. Like, I, I don't want, I don't want my vacation, you know, my wife may feel differently, but I don't want my vacation to start, you know, the second week of April. Like I, I want to be working deep into April. I want to be working deep into May. Like I, 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 these, these six month summers for me, you know, as nice as they are to recharge the batteries and, and, and get away from a little while, like, I want to be working in the May. Hell, I'd love, I'd love to be working into June. Yeah, you know, with, with with play on the court. So hopefully, we're in a situation where, yeah, like we're 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 working in April, late April, and we're working in May. That's that's what I would hope our crystal ball uh, shows for this season. This is kind of piggybacking off of uh, Gary's question here, but with training camp being underway, uh, mm-hmm. this fully healthy squad that we've got. And what appears to be some incredible chemistry between the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already said it feels like a pivotal season, but how exciting has it been standing at the side of uh, these training sessions and watching the guys go to it? Oh, it's great. I mean, they're working really hard. Uh, these guys are really, I, I think they feel it too. You know, I think they feel that like this isn't the, you know, the time is now to make a move. I, I feel like that they, they're working really hard. There are some guys in there uh, really getting after it. They're really getting after it as training camp is, is kicked off here. And it's also nice that we start camp and we have all our bullets in our gun, right? Like we, I couldn't tell you the last time we've started camp where, okay, well, Jonathan's down and out or Markel's down and out or, or, you know, and then now you look on the court. I mean, our court is full. <laughs> we, we have a lot of guys out there right now and, uh, and, and they're competing and it's fun and it's good. And it's, it's definitely, it definitely has me excited to, I just want to crank this thing up. Like I wish we could go out and play tonight, but to be honest, like I wish, I wish we could go and just roll the ball out there tonight and say, all right, guys, like, let's, let's go get after it. So it's exciting. It's fun. Um, and they're, they're ready to go. They're ready to go. We'll see what happens. Brilliant. Um, you were part of the magic setup back uh, when the team incorporated the stars Jersey back in, I think it was the 99 season. How excited yeah. were you with the rebrand and the unveiling of the iconic look this year? It's very cool. Like I, I think they picked a good look. Um, that I remember when we switched to those jerseys, and I remember it kind of getting. Uh, we got backlash a little bit for it, and I think it's just because those initial anything new is weird, right? A little bit like it takes you a minute to kind of get used to it, and that's your look. And and then and you know, and then especially the you know the jerseys that those took over for were. I mean, now they're iconic, right? The pinstripes and the and the Orlando font with the star, uh, you know, on it, and. To, to replace the to replace the I just remember replacing those jerseys with with these ones that are coming back now at the time was like it was very controversial like it, it wasn't you know it wasn't well received at first but then as you know I mean you think of Tracy McGrady one of the greatest magic players one of the greatest basketball players of all time like you think of him in those blue star jerseys I mean that's what comes to mind and so to be able to pay homage and it's not just the Tracy McGrady's right it's it's that heart and hustle team you know that team that uh that heart and hustle team is always so is so great to look back on and it's so weird to think that that team didn't even make the playoffs right that's a team that uh that everybody wrote off going into the season uh it was Doc Rivers first year uh as our head coach and uh you know every national critic had picked us to 
literally win like 10 to 15 games that year. Like we are, we're arguably the worst basketball team ever assembled. Um, just, we, we saw it all. And, uh, and that team went out and played their tails off, came one game within making the playoffs were finished, finished 500. Um, and they wore those jerseys. So it's a nice, it's a nice uh, tribute to them that they get to, the, you know, get to get, see those rolled out there as well. So it's exciting. I, I'm old, so I like the old stuff. Like I'm not, I, you know, there are certain things, certain things uh, that Stop I see. Right we are as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I, I there's certain th- there's certain things I see with uniforms now, uh, and I, I won't mention any names, but there's just certain things that just don't that don't appeal to me. It just I'm old. I like I like things. You know, listen, like. The Mets are blue and orange and they should always be blue and orange. Like, I don't need, I don't need the black Jersey, but then you go talk to my kids and they're like, Oh, black Jersey's great. You know? So it's like, yeah. I get it. It's not, it, it's not for me. I, I understand it. I, you're, I'm not the target audience with these things. So when, when we get to throw back to a classic, you know, that's my alley. Like I, yeah, I, yeah. I guess that means I'm classic now. Right. Like, so yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> It's, I like the old stuff. So it's, it's a good look and the guys like it too. Like the guys saw it and, uh, and they're pumped to wear it. Like they're really excited. Are you copying any of those $500 jackets for yourself, George? No, fine. not for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that is, uh, that is way out of my price range for, uh, uh for a jet. But Hey, I, I think you guys would look good with those, right? Like, I think I'm surprised you're not wearing them right there's, now. There's a Welsh guy who would look really good. I'm going to say there's a certain one of the three of us here who has is ordered that... it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Gee, your, wa- your wife, your wife approved. She that doesn't purchase? know. She doesn't know. Oh, she knows yeah. now. Yeah, she knows now. <laughs> I'm sure. Next week episode is from a bed sit that he's had to move into. Jamus, <laughs> Jamus control the finances and see. I I couldn't get away with that. That that would come right across the books, and uh, I'd probably have to send that right back. I'd probably yeah, have to, I, I'd probably have to send that right back. I'm gonna have to sell a kidney or something. So uh, yeah, that's okay. You only need one. You only yeah, need exactly. One. Exactly. Yeah, one's good. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah, no so, big deal. Uh, yeah, no, but those jackets, those jackets, but those jackets are really cool. Like, I'll, I'll share a story with you. We, um, when we were unveiling the thirty fifth, uh, the, the 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 jerseys and the court, um, I don't know if you're familiar. Like Dante Marcatelli and myself, we have uh, we've started. Well, we've been we've been working on it for years, but now it's like it's it's almost it's official now. Where we're we're heading up kind of alumni relations here at the Magic, and so we've. Um, we're, you know, anytime you see uh, an old head pop back up uh, during the season, like that, that typically will be Dante or I working on getting these guys, you know, back to the arena, back on a broadcast, uh, some content that we filmed over the summer with, with, you know, with guys like Tracy McGrady and Marching Gortat and, and, uh, Right, I'm listed. The list is long. Yeah, right. The list is long. So, so when we, uh, when we were doing this unveil, we wanted to bring back a few guys, you know, for the, for the press event. And so we were able to have Ryan Anderson and, uh, uh, Richard Lewis and Hito Turkaloo, uh, come back in along with Nick Anderson and Bo Outlaw to, you know, to unveil the look and the jurors and the, uh, the jackets were hanging in the, in the, uh, well, it was just one jacket. The one jacket was hanging in the locker. And uh, they said, well, Ryan, we want you to we want you to wear this jacket for the for the press event. And at first he was just like, 
I don't know. It's not my style. You know, meanwhile, like every guy in the locker room is fighting, you know, these fight, they're fighting for this jacket. Like they want, they want to take this jacket home. Uh, and Nick was all mad because at the end of the night, I think they like Ryan, Ryan, like was supposed to take the jacket off at the end of the event. And he just was kind of, he seemed very comfortable in the jacket. Like just seemed very like he, he all of a sudden he liked the jacket now. Right. And so, uh, <laughs> they said, uh, they said, Ryan would like, would you, would you like the jacket? And he's like, Oh really? I, I, I yeah, I might, I might have to just get one of these. Yeah, this is great. And then Nick's Nick, Nick turned around. And he's like, where's my jacket? Like, why don't I get a jacket now? <laughs> so they're all like, they're all fighting for this. It is a cool, it is a cool jacket. It's just, I, I, that is uh yeah, it's very, very cool. Very cool. Oh, brilliant. Um, see, so last question before we let you go, we really appreciate your time. Obviously no the season before last, we had the, the Cole Anthony uh, game winner in Minnesota, where we saw mm-hmm. you frantically chase Cole, you know, as, as he ran to the locker room. So you could do your <laughs> walk off interview. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got any stories, you know, you or Joel, because Joel obviously does some of the other ones, uh, mm-hmm. when you're not there, that happened last season that we might not have seen or, you know, heard of? Oh, was there anybody? Oh, man, you know, I can't, I can't think of, but you know what, you know what I don't like? I can tell you what I don't like, all right? I The water dumping, the water, <laughs> you know, like that. How did we know that was going to be? I, I don't like, I am not a fan, like, I, I can understand if like, okay, there was a game last year where uh, we were against Detroit and Wendell uh, tipped in the game winner at the buzzer. Okay. Like that's exciting. I guess if you want to take a couple of cups and dump it on his head, like, okay, that's fine. When we beat somebody by like 13 or 14 and he's standing there doing the walk off, like that's where like, I don't need, I don't need somebody coming by with a water. Like there's okay. Like we let's act like we've been there before a little bit, like just a little bit. I don't need the water. My biggest fear with that is that these guys are going to dump water on somebody's head. And then like what you don't see is that the floor gets really (laughs) now the floor is like covered with water. And like a lot of times these guys, when they're done doing the walk off, like they turn around and they, they run like they immediately turn to run back to go to the locker room. I just know that like what's going to happen one time is one time one of these guys is going to slip, fall down, something stupid's going to happen, and I'm going to get blamed for it. That's what I, I I can't I can't I can't have that. I can't. So if I, I if I could have I don't have any crazy running after anybody's situations, but if I can stop the the water dumping, I, I would like to stop the Dante disagrees with me. I know he likes that. It's exciting. It's fun everybody has a good time i'm i guess i'm no fun i don't want i don't want to well, well, well the uh, rule okay. is you're not allowed any any sort of liquid are you near the court well i mean sort of yeah i mean but like <laughs> nobody's gonna tell the players they can't do that no, players do whatever no, they okay. want for the most part so i you know, know what there's only one solution to it george you're gonna have to get cole on here so we can talk to him about it to see if it's something <laughs> that, needs to, that he needs to stop doing to, I got to a lot. Ease your life, man. I got a lot of stuff I got to get Cole to do first, guys. I, get, I, I, I have a long list. A hey, you long can't list stop. You can't fault us for shooting that dice, man. <laughs> I, you, I can. I can always say no. It's not a problem. We've got used to it. <laughs> Don't take it personal. Listen, it's not we understand. just you. No, we understand, <laughs> man. We understand every you. time. Like, hey, we will. We ask, and if it can't be done, it can't be done. We understand that, mate. No worries. We really do. No, no insults. George, I know you are extremely busy. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts of coming on and joining us. It's been so much fun, as always. And G will see you in February. 
and hopefully we see you in April for the playoffs. Hopefully we see you guys. Yeah, hopefully we see you guys all soon. I do. I do have a question though before you let me go. I'm just yeah. now noticing, Paul, behind you are all is a lot of like monkeys and and uh, it's Mickey Mouse. There's, there's a, a I see Mickey now, but the this the is, monkeys this is our, the monkeys. <laughs> but this is what it used to be my daughter's bedroom. We now call it the Orlando Suite. So oh, it okay. has well, all my it has all my magic stuff. It's got um. Brands and Jalen Suggs signed hats and all this sort of thing. Yeah, uh, the monkey is Abu out of Aladdin. Okay, because I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge stuff, fan. The magic, yeah, the magic stuff is I I know what the magic stuff is. I've seen all that, but the, it was the monkey all of a sudden. And I don't yeah. know why it didn't catch my eye until right now that the monkey was. It was just it's it's like it's like haunting. I've got me. a monkey like looking, on my back. It's like deep in my soul looking at me right now. <laughs> You'll wake up with some horrible nightmare. I'll leave a cross like that for you. Yeah, all right. That's better. That's better. George, right. thank you so much, my friend. It's been amazing seeing you again. Good to see you guys. Take care. Thanks. I'll see you soon. George. Take care, mate. Right. Look after yourself. You got Thanks it. a lot. All right. Okay, now it's uh, time that I think we should uh, get into talking about Media Day and the first few days of the Magic Training Camp. There's been a lot of content out there. So Magic fans, I think it's something that we're all very excited to be talking about and seeing out there. Now, let's start off looking back to Media Day. And perhaps I should rephrase this question. But Gary, what got you excited on Monday? <laughs> well, Paul, it's a lot. <laughs> That's a nice just knowing this pod was going to be happening got me excited, you know, seeing you guys. Um what got me excited was when we already when we heard, like Cortez had said in the season ticket holders tour that the season ticket sales had tripled. And then during the media day, the actual news, I think that we've got the fourth highest season ticket amount sold in the NBA. And I think that's huge for the Magic because we have seen in previous seasons, we've seen it ourselves, like games like Boston against the Lakers, etc., where you get these like Amway events where they, they rock up and they wear their colours and it's going to be a lot harder if we've got the fourth biggest season ticket holder uh, base in the NBA because it's going to it's going to impact home court home court's going to be it's going to be immense it's going to reflect what the city does so that got me excited and I've got to be honest when I was watching the media day I really sat up and paid attention when they brought Mac McClung on okay mm. I'm just interested to follow that story of Matt McClung this season and just see what happens because I think there's going to be a point where we see, I don't want to say about injuries, but I think there's going to be a point where we see McClung suit up for the Magic and throw down a couple of uh, big dunks. So that's a prediction. So you're going to get McClung on your jersey then? Yep. That's going to be it. <laughs> Who knows? I might. I might do it, G. I might do it. I think hey. you're leaning towards it now, aren't you? You're coming around after seeing well, everybody buying I'm their jerseys. Well, that, and I think you're coming around to a Markel Fultz classic. So <laughs> you could it get you could get a Big Mac, a Big Macum jersey, mate. I take the Big Macum bit, but I've only ever had one. I've only ever had one Big Mac in my life. Yeah, the, the Big Macum. There you go. <laughs> we've got Biffer and we've got the Big Macum. I'll take We've now just got to get G and Mikey your names for their jerseys. <laughs> the G unit. So, Grant, mate, oh. how was your excitement on Monday? Oh, it's like, it's like Christmas morning, isn't it? Magic basketball is back. You got, I don't know, George said, you know, it's, it's a stressful time for him. Uh, and I can sympathize. 
I'd love to have his job. I really would. You know, being in and around the team all the time, you know, taking in the highs, uh, just getting to, you know, get involved with everything. Uh, and it's the team we love. Um, but, you know, just seeing that, you know, the, the players speak to the media, getting, um, you know, good content out of everybody and, you know, shout out to everybody, you know, Dan Savage, um, Six Man Show, um, Philip Rossman Reich. Everyone's been absolutely superb in the last week, obviously being on the ground there in Orlando. So, um, you know, us from the UK, just got to say, we really appreciate all, all the all the, you know, tweets and everything that they put out. So, uh, no, shout out to them. Um, we're just so close now, guys. You know, this time next week, we'd have seen a, a magic preseason game. So, yeah, it's two just, next week. You know, it's October. The wind, you know, the wind's picking up. It's getting a bit cold outside. But magic basketball is just around the corner. So, favorite time of the year. What can I say? It's like it is like it's your little birthday coming up, isn't it, mate? It is. It is. It's like it's like you you getting that those. I, I suppose preseason for you is like the it's like the advent calendar. Yeah, uh, you've fair. got you've got four or five doors to open up before the main event on. Uh, was it October the twenty eighth? Do we do we tip off properly? I haven't got it. Twenty eighth, I think. I think it's I think that's the first the home opener. But yeah, I, I, right. I, I obviously was speaking with Sabrina, with Sabrina Riggs, um, who was looking after Mo Wagner and she was loving the atmosphere. 25th and, um, I've got here. 25th, is it? October the 25th, yeah. Uh, uh, she was just loving the atmosphere uh, and there seemed to be this excitement amongst the players as well to be in the building and representing the team. Uh I think it's I think this media day is one of those days where I always find it really frustrating, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Because yeah, because of our location, we can't be there. We can't yeah. you know full well that we would have probably in the same way as some of the other pods do, and they uh, do a great job for us because we can't be there to do that. It's it's great to see what the access that they can get and, and the content they bring. But God, man, I'm not going to lie. I, I really want to be there. And I really, I find it really frustrating that we, those sort of few thousand miles, really do hurt our ability to mm. commute in to be able to get involved in those sorts of things. Like, it's it's a, it's one of those times where I do feel a little bit of jealousy. I'm not going to lie. I would love to see, I would love to see G on Media Day with media access. Getting to speak to Mark Elfultz. <laughs> I would love that. It would be akin to the water dumping. There'd be this pool on the floor where G was just drooling, <laughs> unable to get his words out. <laughs> you can see it coming. But yeah, I think it, the, it looked like they'd got a lot of interest this year. Um, now, in the previous section where we spoke with George, uh, if you're watching this on the short one, you'll have to go on to the to watch the uh, George Gallant interview as well, because uh, he spoke about Media Day and how many more people there were present. And I think that just reflects the excitement that there is about this team. Now, I've been kind of soaking up the 
some of the videos around the training camp. And there's been some real interesting things happening. So at Silly O'Clock last night on our WhatsApp group, a certain two members who are sat accompanying me tonight were having a conversation on the WhatsApp chat group about uh, guard minutes. So as a result of, uh, and that was as a result of David Steele's comments on the Pod Squad podcast. So, Gary, floor's yours to talk about guard minutes. Well, well, this has been after midnight by any chance, Paul. It was It was certainly uh, around that moment in time. Yeah, it was. It was around the witching hour. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think it's, I think if I was looking into the future and looking what I expect going into the season, I know people's got their own views on this and about who will be guards and starting, but if it's what I think, I think you're going to see Fultz and Suggs start. Um, I think if you look at some of the shots from practice that we've seen, we've seen uh, Suggs wearing the black jersey the same time as with Markel. And I think you're going to see that as the starting backcourt. I feel as though of all the Magic players um, on media duties, etc., I think there's been a real emphasis on Jalen Suggs yeah. um, coming into this. He's been the face of the jersey launch. The guy's clearly been in the gym. He's been doing the media rounds. Uh, he's been hobnobbing with the, the the legends. I just feel like Suggs is the one who's dialed in, and the way he ended the season, the flashes and glimpses he, he showed us, the how apparently he's locked Anthony uh, Black up in in practice, and almost like as a welcome to the NBA. I think Suggs is coming out the gate this season with with a mission statement. I think he's probably sat there in the summer and thought. Um, look at what Franz Wagner has done for himself from the same draft. Uh, look at all the talk that's going on. We've drafted a couple more guards. So I think Suggs might be the guy who gets the nod. And to be honest, with where he was drafted, potential, etc., if he's going to do it, now is the time he needs to start showing it. And I say that, I, 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 I'm purely in, on call for me I, I think calls in, in our best lineup and best rotation but I do think the earmark that six man rotation for call and when you look at the pitches I've seen from practice calls wearing a grey jersey and he's practicing I think Joe Ingalls was in the same lineup as of etc with people who you would expect to be the first names off the bench so I would fully expect that our guard minutes are going to be allocated with the starters being Fultz and Suggs and then I think you're going to see Cole as the sixth man I think you could see Cole getting minutes alongside a lot of minutes alongside Fultz and Suggs so I expect their three minute allocations probably to be something similar and whoever's playing best based on need to be closing games out and I think the other person who's going to see guard minutes will be Gary Harris yeah. due to that what he brings us in terms of shooting what he brings us with veteran presence. And if you've been, I know we have, listening to what's been said and the noises coming out, I genuinely don't think you're going to see a lot of Anthony Black and Jed Howard to start the season. It'll be things like where if they impress in practice, I do think they'll get minutes on the court by all means. But if we're playing to win games, they're going to have to find a way to crack that rotation. So you, we might only see them either if we are blowing a team out, which I hope we are, or if we are being blown out. So I expect the minutes rightly to go between the four guys who've earned the minutes. And of those four guys, there are three of them who should be seeing the big minutes because they've earned them. Um, Two of those guys have been getting calls for 
most improved player and sixth man and things like that. Markel and Cole have put up when they've been fit numbers that we haven't seen in a long time from Magic Guards, both of them, when they've been fit. And Jalen Suggs, when he has had runs of games before he's been injured, has been playing his way to what you would expect from a number five pick. So I think that the minutes rotation will go between those three with Gary Harris being the fourth guard. I I, I think it's huge. Um, I would entirely agree with everything you said, Gary, about uh, particularly Jalen Suggs. I think it's absolutely huge for him that he's had effectively his first summer to be able to be fully involved. Um, that's got to mm-hmm. add, add the experience, but that ability to have a summer of quality preparation can only be a good thing. Gee, Mike, we know that you're... Can I, you, can I just say one on, thing on that? Mikey phoned, phoned me up the other morning when I was driving to work and he, he made a really good point. He said, throw this in the pod if you think it comes up to relevance. But what happened last summer was the hurricane, correct? Yeah. That disrupted our pre, our season prep. Yeah. So there's guys here who actually have had disrupted pre-seasons for a couple of years. So we're actually getting a proper pre-season prep without hurricane interruption as well. And Mikey just said, throw that in the pod. So Mr. Clark, if you're watching, which I know you will be, there's your very good point. And I've just cut in on Paul and G. So I apologize. No, no Gary, it's, it's all good. We, you, I think the, I think the pod's better where we have. Um, this back and forth of conversation, it's 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 more like, as we said earlier, two two, three guys sitting in a pub on a Friday night talking about the sport they love, and that's that's what effectively we try and do. Now, gee, we all know that you're a big backcourt guy. So I'm guessing that there's nobody to challenge Markel in your eyes as our starting guard. You'd be quite right there. You'd be quite, but I agree with everything that Gary says there uh, in terms of how the rotation I think will play out with Jalen and Markel, and um, you know, just want to reiterate, you know, Jalen's come out uh, like you know, like a dog just want you know wanting this this off season. Uh, it just seems like he's ready. Um, to make that jump uh, as a fifth overall pick, you'd like to see him make that jump, and obviously Cole and um, Gary Harris also, um, and then just it being situational, um, and then you know the rookies will just fall in line as and when uh, is required. So uh, no, that, I totally agree with what Gary said there about the rotation. We've been seeing an awful lot of clips of the the entire squad three point shooting practice. Your thoughts on what you've seen so far, G, including Mr. Fultz's efforts. Yeah, well, obviously we knew shooting was going to be an issue um, and something we needed addressing, you know, shooting uh, 34.6% as a team for the season last year. Um, Obviously bringing in Joe Ingles, who's a a very, very capable uh, three-point shooter, especially from the corners. Um, But you're hoping to see, you know, a, a leap from a lot of these players um, I did bring up a, a little table up which is right in front of me now um, and some players I think who could improve and will improve next season. You've got Paolo Banquero who shot 29.8 last season, Markel 31%, Mo Wagner 31%, uh, I got Goga Petard say at 16, but I know that there wasn't that many you know shots there, but he's capable of doing it. Tuma, we might see him get some more minutes this year. Again, 30%. And then Caleb Houston, who 
you know, started the season very well, shooting 33. So you'd like to see them uh, improve to the likes of what Franz did, 36% Wendell, 35 Cole, 36. Um, and, you know, standout there was Gary Harris at 43. So you want to see in, He just lit it up, didn't he? He did. Every time he got a three ball. Absolutely. But, you know, from looking at the videos, you know, they're hitting their shots. I, I don't think I've seen Franz Wagner miss one. Um, Markel's mechanics look a lot more fluid. Uh, Cole is Cole. You know, he, he's dead eye. Um, and somebody you want to give the ball to, you know, right right at the uh, in the clutch. Uh, Gary Harris, Jonathan Isaac. So you're expecting a leap. But what the Magic did was bring in uh, a guy called Aubrey McCreary back in September 22, I think it was, um, as a bit of a shooting coach. Uh, and I did see a video. Um, I can't remember who put it on Twitter or X or whatever it was. Um, and, and he was basically just telling, you know, Markel, you got to shoot 200 three-point shots uh, just by looking in the mirror, not actually shooting the ball, just going through your motion and the mechanics of it. So bringing him in, hopefully, you know, uh, last season, uh, and it's just going to translate to, uh, you know, it's just repetition, isn't it? Yeah. Getting it right. Um, so I, I am thinking the team's going to improve on the three-point shooting, uh, especially with a bit more focus on Bancaro and Franz Wagner. You're hoping, you know, the likes of Joe Ingalls, uh, Gary Harris in the corners, you know, even Caleb Houston's um, get open looks um, and be able to, you know, improve on their percentage. Yeah, Joe Ingalls is a been knocking him down, hasn't he? As well on all the videos. Every time I've seen him, it's just well, we've seen it in the, in games, haven't we? Against us, it's just effortless. He knows where that basket is from the three points. Yeah. So I think he could be a huge benefit for if he even if he doesn't get many minutes, benefit to the team to have that player there who can give that little bit of instruction as a veteran around the shooting of some of the younger players, mm. but. One of the guys you mentioned, J.I., happy to see him back? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, hearing that he's fit and healthy now, um, and, you know, in the previous injury, you know, wasn't as bad as it should have been. But no, you know, wasn't as bad as what we'd had previously. Uh, and he's had a good, you know, bit of time now to rehabilitate. Um, and just having everybody healthy. It just makes such a difference compared to last season. You mentioned the hurricane there, you know, via Mikey. Um, Jalen Suggs, he had a, a knock last last summer, Markel with his toe. Um, and, and I think Coach Mosley said something earlier in the week about, you know, being able to work on something different because he had the continuity of the players that were there last season. So that's obviously going to benefit us greatly, just being able to work on different things because we already know the system. Yeah, and Gary, I'm sure that you will feel the same on this. But having Jamal Mosley, coach, moving into his third season with the team and very much keeping a core of a team together that he's had since day one with this squad, it has to be a huge thing going forward for us. Absolutely. And just seeing about the three-point shooters, we've missed off our best three-point shooter, which is Mac McClung. Oh. Hey! Uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Based on the G League. But in all... In all in, um, Jamal hey, it's a valid point, though. Yeah, it, he's, he can shoot. So, you know, we've heard the call. We'll see him out there. But, uh, yeah, Mosley coming back, he's done everything we hoped he would do 
and more. Um, what we didn't want was, a, for me anyway, a repeat of a situation where you, you had a Jacques Vaughan situation where we had the previous rebuild. Um, a Scott Skiles type of coach was never going to work. We needed somebody who would generate positivity, who was a, a modern coach. Um, I really liked Steve Clifford as a coach and I felt he, he worked wonders with this team. But he clearly didn't want to go through a rebuild, and um, that's fair enough. Um, I don't know how he'd feel about yeah. your situation in Charlotte he right is now. now. But, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. you know, Charlotte, Charlotte have got some vets as well. We'll see what they do. But um, I think Mosley has he's got his system now, and he's got his players, and it's a different preseason for Jamal Mosley um, to what he's had previously. Because Bancaro, Wagner, Fultz, Cole Anthony, Wendell. We can go on and on and on, but these are respected NBA players now. They've made noise. You know, you go down that list and you think about the hype that's around them. Well, we've we've heard all about Paolo. He's won Rookie of the Year. Franz has led Germany to the to the title. Um, Wendell, we know his role within the team. We know that Markel's talked himself about a Defensive Player of the Year award. We know that Markel's been hyped up to be a most improved player. We know that Cole's somebody who we could put a sixth man award around the neck of. We, he's been mentioned in most improved. Jalen Suggs has been mentioned. We've got Jonathan Isaac, comeback player, defensive specialist. The list goes on. So Mosley's not doing a rebuild anymore. He's got his guys there. And we know this because what the, what the narrative is around the rookies we've needed the rookies before to hit we needed Cole Anthony to hit we needed Chuma to hit these guys now have to come in and prove that they're worth the minutes and as it stands right now they're on the end of the bench so yeah. they've got time they don't have the same level of pressure but if those guys hit if those guys really hit, they've done something to get in and earn those minutes, and it's a different position for the Magic. We're a different prospect now, so I think it's also a different preparation and mentality for Mosley because you can see these guys are now having to join something. It's not like ground up and everybody here is new and who are you, who are you, who are you. It's like actually the big dogs are established on that team. It's going to be fantastic to... Uh see in these two preseason games that we've got coming up during the next week um what rotations we play i know it's preseason we've said this all before it not necessarily does the result have a huge impact it's more about gaining repetitions understanding the plays that the team want to make getting some additional fitness within a game um, situation and building that chemistry. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily about the result. However, how good would it be for us to actually hit the floor this season with wins under our belt from pre-season with a fully healthy roster? Yeah, it would be a position that we haven't gone into a season in for how long? I really can't remember. I'm not even sure I've actually seen a season since I've been a fan that we've gone into a season in that position. It's nice when it happens, Paul. It's really nice. I'm, I'm, <laughs> mate, it's probably the reason that I'm so excited, one of the reasons I'm so excited for this season because I'm not 100% sure that in my time as a Magic fan, since I've come to watching the NBA, that the Magic have actually gone into a season in that position. 
we've had I think we've had bits where we just weren't very good at all. Where you could say we oh yeah, I remember that. Stuff, but it, did, <laughs> <laughs> it kind it kind of didn't matter in some cases. Um, but in terms of where in recent years, I think you're probably you know, we weren't even fully fit. Ned, when I'm saying it, but the nearest we've probably been is where the first season we made the playoffs under Cliff, where we had yeah. some type of players being fit, and even then there was injury problems. It was yeah. Yeah. So we've got uh before we record again, the Pelicans preseason. We're on the road at uh New Orleans and also on the road to Cleveland to face the Cavaliers. Anything that you particularly wanted to see from those two games? I know this is something we'd not plan to discuss, but uh I think it's important we throw it in here. No injuries for starters. Yeah. Uh that's uh Definitely the first point. Um, you just want to see people get their legs under them, really, don't you? Just to to see, you know, what we kind of got used to at the end of last season, the rotation. Um, I mean, it's preseason, though, isn't it? So you're not going to get. It'll be the last game of preseason, but that's but that's against the Brazilian team. So you're hoping that the game before that is the the dress rehearsal. So the first two are just going to be get your legs under you. Then I I'd, I'd like to see the dress rehearsal of, you know, uh, what we should expect on opening night against Houston. And then you've got the game, I think it's against Flamengo. Is it Flamengo? Yeah. From Brazil. Um, obviously, you know, no disrespect to Flamengo, but, you know, inferior opposition. So maybe you like to see, you know, some of the, you know, Kevon Harris, Admiral Schofield, etc. get a lot more minutes in those games and just take it as a, you know, uh, just a, a almost like a practice session, you know. No, again, no offense. Um, so but that's yeah, what that's, that's, games are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you want that one tune-up game. So, so, so the way they've done it, they're a competitive yeah, practice. I'd have rather had the Flamengo game, you know, either first, second, or third, and then had a tune-up game with another NBA opposition as the last one. Um, so in terms of the schedule, it's not ideal, but. You know, you just got to do it a couple of days before. Yeah, quality. Gary, do you think we see close to the starting unit that we can expect on opening night on the opening game? I think we're going to see minutes allocated around that. I think you're going to see experimentation as well because I think you're going to have to think about where guys like... I'm not expecting a huge minutes restriction on Jonathan Isaac like there was before. He's had a preseason yeah. behind him. So I think it's going to be interesting what not just the guard rotation, but the big rotation is. To echo as well what G said, I don't want any injuries. Um, but what if you ask what I really want, I want to see um, the preseason where Markel Fultz is hitting 35 to 40% from three on pull-up threes and catch and shoots. I want to see Jalen Suggs replicating the three-point shooting that he ended the season with. And I want to see Cole Anthony running into the season in hot form straight away. Uh, That's what I want to see. I want to see guys who've talked about their three-point shot start as they mean to go on. Um, And I think the minutes allocations and rotations will, in the back court, sort themselves out from there. And in the front court, Jonathan Isaac not getting injured and seeing where he fits in as the former face and hope of this franchise, where in with Paolo, Franz, Wendell, where does GI fit? So I'm interested to see that. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Something that we've all noticed as Magic fans 
is there's been some increase in the frequency and the positive perception in media coverage of the magic. So what I want to talk about here with you guys is something that was brought to attention by uh, Patreon member Dylan Holden. So Dylan, thank you for this because it's uh, it's quite interesting. In a week where we've seen Ramona Shelbourne backing us for the postseason, we see what I'll read out in a moment from John Hollinger at uh, what is effectively Clown School, The Athletic. <laughs> um, there's a reason that we cancelled our subscription with him, and that was after Josh Robbins left. Why bother? So for those that haven't seen it or read it yet, I will read this to you. This is what John Hollinger has written about the magic uh, when asked about uh, the over-under. So the over-under for the Magic is 36.5 wins. And he went that we would be under. And his words are, I find it almost inconceivable that over-unders project Orlando to have as many or more wins as Toronto next season. I don't see any, may, any way the Magic will score enough points to realistically win nearly half their games, even with the feeble world champion Wonder Brothers on their side. For starters, Orlando's narrative from last season is pretty solid. Despite being a very young team, the Magic went 29-28 in their final 57 games after a brutal 5-20 start. Very valid. They might have snagged one or two more wins in the final week, if not for the realisation that those were now must-lose games for their draft lottery hopes. The Magic ended up beating Washington and Indiana by a single game in the reverse standings. Defensively, Orlando has a strong case to be a playoff calibre. If Jonathan Isaac comes back, open brackets, yeah, I know, but hear me out, close brackets, and is anything close to his former self, this could be a top 10 outfit on that end. While they were helped by some Jedi three-point defence last season, Orlando also Orlando also has a huge... Hang on, I've caught the, caught the screen here. Orlando also has a huge possession advantage by forcing turnovers eighth and owning the defensive boards third, and that should that should part that part should carry on. Guards like Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, and rookie Anthony Black are harassing pests at the point of attack, while none of Orlando's core pieces are a minus on that end except Cole Anthony. Now about Get the pitchforks out, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> so as he, he carries on now about the offense the magic can feel optimistic about their future because they have two very young forwards in paolo banquero and franz wagner who already showcase advanced shot creation skills love it gary <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately they're not quite at the level of being guys you give the ball to to get out of the way they're good but it would be a surprise if either made an all-star team this year. Moreover, each ends up having to do too much right now because the backcourt is so incredibly underskilled. It's one thing to say you're a six-foot-nine guy with point-like guard skills. It's another to actually have him playing the point-guard role. So that's what he said. Gary, is there any validity in what is written here for you? He looks really angry. Go on, Gary. Let rip. This this is such an incredibly uh, 
valid article that's been written. Um, when you look at when you look at the Toronto Raptors as the comparison, and you think I knew that that would rile you to start with, and you've got a a world class coach in Nick Nurse leading the Raptors alongside Marcus Saul, who's a premier defensive centre, with Kawhi Leonard, who's a superstar on the Raptors. Um, they've got an all star backcourt in Kyle Lowry and uh, Fred Van Vliet an up-and-comer in OG Anobi and um, a young all-star level power forward in Pascal Siakam, the Raptors would be a huge threat. The problem is, is that's not the Toronto Raptors. Um, so <laughs> the reality of it is, um, <laughs> no, I don't agree with his article, for starters. I was just waiting to see. I was watching G's face when I was saying that there, thinking, has he, has he finally flipped? The Raptors, the Raptors are... Um, an interesting comparison piece, but the point of it, it would be to me is is that you can do your yeah I know with Jonathan Isaac, but OG Ananobi, who's one of your key players for the Raptors, is hardly a picture of health. Point one. Point two would be is that you've lost your biggest asset, which was Nick Nurse, is gone. The Raptors um have replaced Fred Van Vliet um with Dennis Schroeder. Fine. But it's Van Vliet I would say is a level above that. Pascal Siakam is very, very, very good. And your next player then is Scotty Barnes. I like Scotty Barnes, but Scotty Barnes is not better than Franz Wagner. We know this. Anyone who watches basketball based on the last two seasons really knows this. I don't so think he don't... watches basketball, mate. Well, I don't <laughs> see that. I don't see that this Raptors team is better than Orlando. I genuinely don't. And if I was putting a bet on. Um, with Mr. Hollinger, then I would be saying I think the Raptors will blow it up during this season, and I think there's a, every chance that they hand the keys over to Scotty Barnes. That that's how I see it. So, do I think Orlando will have a better record than Toronto? Yeah, I do actually. And as from, as from saying about our backcourt, saying about having a six foot nine guard who can handle the ball, or have you got a six foot nine point guard? Well, no, we've got a six foot eight one though. We just drafted him. If you want to start with that, and then an underskilled backcourt, that's an interesting take. But um, again, I wouldn't agree with that. So I, I don't see where this thing about the Raptors being better than the Magic. I mean, mate, for me, take it take it away from it being where he's comparing us to the Raptors. His argument about I, I just don't understand how you get to this position after acknowledging that the team went. 29 and 28 over the final 57 games. Over 500, yeah. Yeah, and tanked, basically it's what he's saying, towards the end, because the playing had gone. So we would have, had we been trying those last few games, we would have had more wins. So where is, are you suggesting then that this team is going to get worse this season? Well, if you put just, cra- if you sprinkle crack cocaine on your bran flakes, you do. <laughs> you know I, mean? so, I just don't see. It. I, I mean, even allowing for other teams having got better in yeah. the East, I think we have, and I think even if we haven't added hugely, we haven't needed to. We've we, we're in a position where we are, we have a good, strong team that has a hell of a shot of making strides further. Now. Gee, you've got to be itching for a rant. 
Yeah, you guys have taken my thunder because I agree with your points and it's what I got written down here. So, uh, you know, kudos to you guys. But, you know, 36 and a half wins, like you said, Paul, you know, that's 29 and 28. You take out the 5 and 20, you add a healthy Markel, you add, you know, uh, Jalen Suggs, who's had training camp, you add more experience on, you know, the Wagner brothers. Bancaro is a superstar. So, you know, those 25 games where we went 5 and 20, we're not going to go 5 and 20. We aren't. Simple. No. Um, so then you got over 500 for the for the other 57 games, including a couple of tanking losses. I, st- You know, I don't want to say anything bad, but, you know, it's a little bit, does he watch us? You know, and, and then having a go at the guards. Okay, he, he's acknowledged that Franz Wagner and Bancaro, you know, uh, you know, really good young forwards, as, as he's put. Um, but I, I don't think he's done his homework in terms of the guard rotation, especially, you know, seem like I'm banging the same drum again, but, you know, the impact that, you know, Markel Fultz has, you know, he, he's a winning basketball player. He's a pest on defence. He gets into the right places. His passes, his vision uh, just gives you that much more. Um so for me, I don't think Mr. Hollinger has um, watched enough Orlando Magic basketball. Um, and as you know, George said, we'd like to get a few more national games this season. You know, only just having the one on um, the prime time and then a couple of NBA TV. Um, so hopefully, you know, this season now we we can make some noise, and then following season they might give us a few more. You know, I I'm still a little bit flabbergasted that the San Antonio Spurs. Um, you know, having 19 games, um, you know, don't mind the Spurs, but I don't want to see Victor Wembanyama 19 times if they're going to get, you know, drilled by 30 every night. You know, he, I'm sure he will be a talent. Um, but no, it's, it's it's a little bit poor, isn't it? Um, well, um, the line that got me as well is, um, where he's talking about Paolo and Franz, this they're not quite at that level of guys being you give the ball to and get out of the way. Brown's won the World Cup. He won the World Cup. You put, you you give, Paolo can drive. Paolo can get his own position. And we saw last season that he was being triple teamed. And didn't he get to the line like second most times out of anybody at one point uh, during the season? So he he is clearly that much of a threat that teams are looking and thinking we need to triple guard this guy. Now, perhaps that changes this season when we've got hopefully improved shooting, but Franz, great accuracy an improving accuracy. Um, I, I, I just don't say, I just think it was such a ridiculous piece that uh, I, I've got to ask I, you, I've just got to ask you and I thank Dylan for, for raising it. Yeah, I mean, you say about Franz's accuracy, you know, 48.5% field goal percentage and 36% from downtown. Not to be sniffed at, especially when he's high volume um, and gets a lot of pressure. So you take a bit of pressure off him and hopefully those uh, numbers will go skyward. Um, If you were being like really, really generous to the article and he would turn around if he was sat here and probably say, well, Dennis Schroeder led Germany as much as Franz Wagner did, which would be a, a valid point. Valid but point. I think it's incredibly naive, and I think I think he's really overlooked 
Jamal Mosley in this as well because the Raptors are, are led by uh, I think Darko Ryakovic is the coach now who's you know basically bounced around the the G League and been an assistant and done similar to what Mosley's done essentially you know like he's built a CV up and he's coming in as a young coach and it may work for him he may be fantastic at work for Nick Nurse when he came in and did it you know it happens but it's not really paying any respect to the fact that Mosley's here and we hear how players talk about him and by the way who was who was invited out of all the coaches in the NBA all the young coaches that are available who was the one who was asked to go and do the USA select to work with young players super point mate super point so it's incredibly disrespectful to Jamal Mosley that I think and the article for me is clickbait but I've got my own issues with the athletic which are a bit closer to home um, so they'll never get a penny out of me so it's fine right. and the other thing I, is not go on G I was anyway. just going to say I mean the one thing he did mention it in fairness you know you got to tip his hat you know he expects it to be a top 10 defence but I would say that was an absolute minimum of where we need to be given the players that we have you know especially Jalen Stokes Jonathan Isaacs your Wendell Carter Juniors um, and, and that's what you, you know we want to be our calling card you know ring that bell in the practice you know, we want to see, hear that bell ringing the whole time, uh, and and this to be a, a fantastic, you know, uh, swarming defensive unit. But gee, you know, like on last week's pod, Cortez made the point where he drew a comparison between this Magic team now, in terms of defensive potential, and the um, the Bulls team coached by Tom Thibodeau, where it was with Kirk Heinrich and Derek Rose and stuff. Now, obviously, they got Rose, but they were a team that was built on defense. Yeah, and look at where they finished up. Now, the East is deep. And I don't, I don't expect to finish anywhere near Boston or Milwaukee this season because I think they're absolutely stacked. But when you're saying, oh, well, they're a top 10 defensive team potentially, and then saying, but I don't think they're going to get anywhere near a 500 record, that maths doesn't add up. No. If you're a top right, 10 right. defensive team and if you, if you are going to be somewhere near that record, it's... It, it Unless you've got a pop-going offence, but we don't have a pop-going offence. We've got two, you know... We've got two stars the game, guys. Exactly, exactly, mate. But yeah, I, I, I just don't see it. I genuinely do not see it. But Dylan, as I say, thank you very much for putting this through into the uh, Discord group to discuss it because it was, I think it was an interesting thing and uh, wanted to bring it up on the pod. So thank you, mate. As always, to anybody watching, listening, thank you. If you liked this episode, please give it a thumbs up and hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel, Orlando Magic UK. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, X, all are at Orlando Magic UK. Don't forget the Patreon. We do genuinely appreciate if you uh, want to support us in that way. And so until next week, from Gary, Garant and myself, we're looking forward to Magic preseason basketball. Go Magic!